Today's Laser Time is brought to you by Audible, and Laser Time listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash laser time and get a free audiobook just for signing up. Welcome to Laser Time. I'm Christopher Antista. Welcome to the weekly pop culture extravaganza that is Laser Time, where we pick a po- pick a topic, do a get a bunch of don't talk very well, get a bunch of sound effects, and <laughs> bring a I'm bunch here. of friends in here to talk about stuff we're obsessed with. This week's going to be very TV centric. Uh, something brought up by Bob, mm-hmm. a questionably new character. Yes, and if you enjoy my adventures here, you can follow them on Retronauts. <laughs> what? Uh, and then also we have uh, Dave Tribbiani. And Dave who, who else do we have with us? Uh, it's Henry. Aquaman Gilbert. What? <laughs> I thought you were gone or dead or something. I, like that. I had been spun I was. off. I was. I was. I had been spun off onto something else, but I guess it wasn't successful enough. So I'm back here. No, I look to the people out there who were sad I was leaving, and wasn't some even people a week. Even said some people even said, "Should we take him off of the wiki page for this in the host section?" I was like, "Oh my lord!" I, I, I okay, I'll admit, Cape Crisis is on indefinite hiatus, but. I record. I'm recording this stuff now. Like I'm still on. Who's stuff, editing guys. the wiki? Joseph yeah. Stalin. Yeah. Like Henry never existed. <laughs> I made them feel bad for that when I. Uh, and I'm sorry about that. But yeah, I'm still here. It's me, guys. So this episode of Lazar Time is uh, something Bobby here thought of. Yes. Um, and it was. What do we call the stealth pilots? Backdoor pilots? Stealth or backdoor pilots? Yeah. Backdoor implies something else. Well, spin a lot of things. Yeah, anal no, sex pilots. <laughs> not spin-offs. I've, no? No, it is not, we're not talking about spin-offs. No. Exactly. Oh, okay. I think I've watched backdoor pilots. No, in, it, in some <laughs> cases, they turn into spin-offs. They do. But, um, should I explain what this is? Yeah, well, you know, I'm glad Bob is here. He's the host of uh, Laser Time Network's Talking Simpsons, hey, the, the chronological breakdown of every episode of The Simpsons, TalkingSimpsons.com. Because uh, this will explain to you exactly what that is in general. Mm. Bye, Mr. Sherman. If I ever play Carnegie Hall, I'll give you a call. And if you ever want to visit my show... Nah, we're not going to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like... So, uh, what was it? That's, that's Jay Sherman, the critic, popping up on The Simpsons mm-hmm. to promote his new show. Like, the critic is not a spinoff of The Simpsons. No, but they tried no. to make it look it's, like it that for one the, episode. It wasn't even the first season of The Critic that, no. that was pimping. Mm-hmm. Mm. It yeah, was pimping the... The, the second Fox season, yeah. yeah. So, in a, in, a, in, a, in a time when the world was much smaller, you were not mm-hmm. on the internet knowing what new shows were coming out, they would have to introduce new shows through other shows to kind of break you in like here's these fun new characters kids like don't you want to follow them on their new show that's coming up next season or maybe after this episode mm-hmm. and this happened a lot before you know people actually knew when seasons were being renewed and when shows were coming yeah, out and I, things like that I was actually just in terms of spinoff I was trying to think of are there any modern ones and I could only think of two can anybody think of the two that I thought mm. of? Two spinoffs that are popular right now By The 21st... Real World Road Rules Challenge No <laughs> sorry too loud <laughs> Uh, well, there was a Marceline solo show off of Adventure Time. Wait, what? Wait, what? Does that exist? Yeah, yeah, it exists. I think they, I think it started airing. There's a solo show. I was thinking of Better Call Saul. Ah, yes, good for me. Mm. Uh, and Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, yeah. What? Yeah. I don't I mean, think there's right, any. Yeah. I. You know what? Can't really say because I only watched the first episode. And I'm like, this is not for me. But I don't think anyone from because that takes place in LA. I, I literally look at the, the ratings are cratering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not to question your research, Chris, but I think Better Call Saul in that case it was not uh, Saul was not invented. No, for no, the sake it's, of a it's new not show, a backdoor. But, um, it's not what we're yeah. talking about. Okay, Uh-oh. but I was just like because we, we, it's not what we're talking about because when we go back to this era, 
it is this weird section of spinoffs where like a mildly popular guest star can get his own show yeah. mm-hmm. based on one appearance, mm-hmm. and just yeah. just because. This is not going to interest anybody under 25, so <laughs> go watch a Minecraft video or something. Yeah. Uh, but, but there are the, millions. The most inter- I just, it's my favorite title in the history of television, yeah. Jake and the Fat Man. Mm. Yeah. I, remember, I remember laughing every time I heard it as a little kid, and I'm trying to watch it, like, this is, I don't yeah. I, this is, these are just babbling things. I don't understand this show at all. It's not a cartoon. Jake this and the Fat Man. This guy's not fat enough to be funny. I did not know that Jake and the Fat Man is a spinoff of Matlock. Oh, wow. yeah. And I did not know... That Diagnosis Murder is a spinoff of Jake and the Fat Man, you know as the- Dick Van Dyke appeared as the Doctor. I did not know there was a Matlock universe <laughs> in the world! Um, can Who I blow knew? your mind further, Chris? Please! The Fat Man was the narrator on Rocky and Bullwinkle. What?! Yes. <laughs> not Paul Fries, but the other guy. No, oh, really? fuck, what's his name? Yeah, um, whoever played the Fat Man, I, what yeah. the hell is his name? Wow, I had no I'll idea that that was we'll find the same. Out. But, I mean, it's... The backdoor pilots were a, they were an economical way to try to launch a new show yeah. in a time when making a new show wasn't easy and launching a new show wasn't easy. Did, so if you had you something, mentioned something on thirty twenty ten about Lisa Kudrow popping up on like a new sitcom. Well, that's a separate thing. Of, oh, okay. uh, that's because, fucking NBC in the nineties. I mean, uh, when it was a musty TV era, pretty much every sitcom, they tr- new sitcom they tried to make was Friends, mm-hmm. and Friends was just the most successful time they tried to mm-hmm. copy Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. They're just like. What if we made Seinfeld except we owned it? And because they owned it, that was also how they could loan. They were much more interested in loaning out people. Like they wanted Seinfeld and Seinfeld people mm. to be on all the shows. And Only unless Kramer it, did, unless it was their friend Paul Reiser on Mad About mm. You, Jerry Seinfeld wouldn't yeah. go on other shows. But meanwhile, you know, Lisa Kudrow, while well, Ursula, the twin yeah. of Phoebe Buffay, would be on Mad About You, but Phoebe had also been on the show called Hope and Gloria. That's what it was. Which was just like trash. And there was an episode of The Single Guy with Jonathan, Jonathan Silverman that um, fucking was. Chandler was on. No, 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 it wasn't Chandler. Yeah, it was Ross. Ch- no. Oh, oh it, yeah, it might have been Ross, but it, the. the the story was like, uh, does the single guy think that Ross is gay and is is, <gasps> is into him? That same night, Chandler was on Caroline in right. the City. Yeah. Wow. So, well, this is this is more what the episode is about because, like, this is fascinating that Bob pointed this out to me. I wonder if anybody has ever heard of the show <laughs> Top of the Heap. Ugh. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, I know this. Yes. And Vinnie Verducci, pure woman. What would you find? Most attractive about me. Yes, son. They may not have much. <laughs> we need a miracle. Oh, well, good. Maybe Moses will show up, part the urinals, and we'll walk the freedom. But what they've got Hi. is each other. I have to die. I want to come back as her baby. From the creators of Married with Children, hey, Kelly was shaking. I mean, other than his eye. Comes top of the heat. Okay. Wow, that was so, a, refer- a lot of tit references in there with yeah. Matt LeBlanc from Friends. Joe Bologna, Joy Lauren Adams, if you didn't, if you oh, missed really? her. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And, oh, that's uh, right. That was her, yeah. So, but this is a good example of what we're talking about because yeah. Married with Children was incredibly successful for Fox. Was, uh, one, one thing I wanted to point out, the tone of this in watching Married with Ch- Children clips, I think mm-hmm. I said that somewhere. I was recently in Chicago and walked upon... I thought the show was set in Detroit, Married with Children. That's Chicago. Okay, so yeah. I'm walking yeah. back and like, that's the fountain from the beginning of Married with Children. It's doing the squirt and like... Is the opening of Married with Children symbolic of Al shooting sperm in the peg? I never yeah. thought of that, but you could be right because that's after, the first shot. The that's when music shoots, starts, and then children comes on and like yes. slime co- coats it. Yes, and, uh, yeah. new condom pegs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, bear back. Um, so season <laughs> five, the, but Mary, but look uh, at all the, all the tone of this show and Married with Children. Like, remember how ribald. They, people would accuse these shows Bart of being... Bart was correct. Yeah. It was a ribald, boorish But sitcom. this is the tone of 
pretty much every sitcom. If yeah. you ever watch Hot in Cleveland, it's all piss, shit, and vagina jokes, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, The Big Bang Theory is a show named after fucking, <laughs> and it's the number one show in the world of all time, probably. I thought they just stumbled upon the first, the, the perfect bare naked ladies theme song. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But bear, uh, but uh, Mary with Children was way ahead of, it was ahead of the curve mm. on that stuff. It was the dirty one to most other shows. And so it was also before The Simpsons even, it was the most successful thing uh, yeah, Fox has had. It had generated the first controversy for Fox in 87, yeah. I believe, when there was an episode about Peg, controversy. Peg buying Kelly a bra and someone taking objection to that storyline. Do you oh feel my old word. when you hear of that being controversial? Yeah, I, I think the line over the shoulder, boulder holder was That's the offensive one, yeah. line, yes. Wow. But, and um, so, yeah. of course, they want to try to double up that success, so they... I remember they have an episode where Al's old high school buddy, who's also a big loser, mm-hmm. comes over to hang out. Right? I swear, if you're bored uh. by sitcoms, we'll talk about cartoons. Hmm. We will just je- je- very quickly. But uh, but married with children, like what top of the heap was? It was twice spun off, I think. Yes. Yeah. That, so, but, that's, but instead of like instead of like they had the characters introduce themselves on Married with Children, yeah. exactly. In canon, so you know who they are and where they're going. They were so shameless. So uh, season five, episode twenty of Married with Children. Wow. I'm not a Married with Children scholar. <laughs> I looked this up, by the way. I'm not that obsessed with it. But the episode is called Top of the Heap. And whenever yeah. whenever it came around in syndication, because wow. I would watch it every day in syndication as well, I'd be like, oh, this one again, because it's like here are these fun new characters that are going to be in their own show, guys. Mm-hmm. And then so that was spun off into a one season thing that was spun off into another one season thing called Vinny and Bobby because they were like this Matt LeBlanc guy is hot we gotta get him on a sitcom <laughs> but it, in his defense like god damn he looks really good yeah and see like, and I was attracted really to funny. him and I'm very straight Matt LeBlanc swear to Matt LeBlanc he deserves it well it's all those all the friends had careers before friends they just they, they all have been like kind of pointed at as like this person, this Courtney Cox, she's going to be something. But everything she got cast in, like, say, the Masters of the Universe <laughs> film, <laughs> it didn't take off. Like, but Bruce Springsteen took a liking to her, though. Yeah, yes. They, they, they all were dancing had, in the dark. They all had minor <laughs> things. Like, Jennifer Aniston was on stuff, too. But only when they all came together did it really take off. But so... How, about, how long did Top of the Eep, like even run? I think maybe 14, and then Vinny and Bobby was 7. But then there Fuck were also... Vinny and Bobby? It was another Fox sitcom where it's like, okay, the family shit is not working. Let's just get Matt LeBlanc in his own universe with his brother or so friend or whatever. So it was just Matt LeBlanc again as the same character? Yes, I believe it was like, wow. this is not working. Sure, Vinny and Bobby are why? Mothers of America, lock up your daughters. But that's just because they hang with a wild crowd. Want to make out in the grease pit. And when these guys get together... No one is safe. How many of these guys are married to their own cousins? Vinny and Bobby, a new comedy premiering Saturday after Code 3. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, Code 3, uh, another show. I've no got the Blu-ray set of that one. But, uh, <laughs> that Grease Pit guy sounded like the guy from uh, Dumb and Dumber who's like, I need to use the phone. And he gets it is. It is? Yeah. That is exactly. That, that, you recognize Fred wow. uh, Fred Stoller. Yes. That's yeah, so, based so, just yeah, on his voice. You that did. was Fred Stoller. It was only Fred Stoller. Yeah. So Fred, I know Fred Stoller because he was in my friend's kickstarted movie, Dead Dead, wow. on a uh, streaming platform. Oh, wow. yeah. He was great on Dr. Katz. That's <laughs> and Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yeah, too. Man. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Mary of the Children uh, potentially could have spawned four sitcoms. So wow. there was an episode called Enemies, which had Kelly and all of her modeling friends that focused on yeah. them living together. Oh, right. And then there was an episode about Bud in college featuring a very young and very beautiful Carrie Russell. I mean, she's still beautiful, but it was one of her post Are You Afraid of the Dark roles, where wow. she's like a young woman looking attractive. Oh, and networks before, were dying to put her into college on television. Yes, so and she has their Carrie was... Russell crazy, like, <laughs> voluminous hair, too, in that, in that I episode. I have got to watch Americans. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
everybody says it's amazing. The show is way better than it seems. And I had an incident uh, that I had to confront something in myself. I started watching The Americans. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not really into this show. And then I realized I was saying that while I was into my phone playing a fucking free-to-play mod <laughs> game as if it's, if it's the show's fault. I don't know what's going on. It's uh, your fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and then there's another one that wasn't spun off mm-hmm. because it was maybe a little too controversial. They wanted to spin off the No Ma'am uh, group that... The Al Bundy was no, part of it. It was like a precursor to the NRA. I think it was tongue in cheek, but if you were a viewer and you were an asshole, you could read it like these guys are right. <laughs> it was a G4 show called Gamergate. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you were a viewer who was like, I see what they're making fun of, you could take it like tongue in cheek, like oh, they're making fun of these guys that would become this kind of fringe group that would hate yeah. women. Mm-hmm. Well, so but they were always so lightly hating women. Yeah. Well, Bob, well, Bob, you know that the the white male is the most oppressed group in America. Oh yeah, culture. the, the Dilbert guy told me that. <laughs> I follow his teachings. I, I, would, I would die for him. Yeah, mother. <laughs> Can't he just be like sad and quiet like Jim Davis? <laughs> but whenever the no ma'am guys were portrayed, they were like, "Oh, these are the like the saddest, yeah. most pathetic, slovenly, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah, yeah dad I mean, bod." No man was a joke. No ma'am was a joke about them saying like instead of saying. No, they're they're being polite about it because they're still afraid of their wives. Yeah. That's, that's the joke there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the, the uh, married with children not didn't really spawn very many. Actual did they, I, were they trying to spin off Sam Kinison? Into his own show. I think he was dead by that point. Oh, that's yeah. a really good point, Chris, because he played Al Bundy's Guardian Angel, yes. and then he played another character's Guardian Angel in a show that he died during the production of. Oh, oh shit. Yay. Yes. Uh, do you know, I forget what it was called, but it was his sitcom. Yeah. He played a tiny t- Sam Kinison that would appear and scream at a that's man right. and tell him what to do. Like, ah! <laughs> you know, uh, I hate to say this, in retrospect, kind of a weak bit he kind of hung himself on uh, just one. like uh, Sam Kinison you live in a desert well I, I heard Paul F. T- yeah I heard Paul F. <laughs> Tompkins reflect on that of those jokes of like why don't they just leave if they're starving there like why don't they just leave like yeah, why I, don't they just leave? Yeah. I hate duh. that criticism of us when we complain we need more Patreon money because San Francisco's too expensive. <laughs> well, why don't you just leave? Uh-huh. Why don't you just move somewhere where you make more money and give it to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault. A, <laughs> I think my favorite we love Sam, you, patrons. My favorite yeah. Sam Kinison thing is it was in Howard Stern's, I think, first book mm-hmm. where he's dating like... Uh, Jessica something. Yeah, Jessica Hunt. She he's sleeping with her in a hotel. <laughs> wakes up in the middle of the night and literally like leaves a trail of turds in the hotel room. And it's like, uh, it's Henry, just such a great story. Sloppy, wet, yeah. slimy turd. Yeah. No, I, I, we're gonna miss. I feel this. like it's the kind of hard turds. Think that, of like, Sam Kinison uh, looks like a male mama for Telly. Like yeah. like like, like yes. rabbit pellets. No, um, no, I'm all right, thinking well, like should, big bow constrictors. Do we have on. other? Let's move on to another one. <laughs> we do, and uh, we will get to some cartoon stuff when uh, we get back. Commercial alert! Put the VCR on pause! Ah! Hello, everyone. This is Chris reminding you that today's show is brought to you by Audible. Do you know what Audible is? Audible is the leading source for audiobooks, uh, spoken word stuff, comedy, old-timey radio shows. Uh, and I wanted to let you know that LaserTime listeners can go to audibletrial.com slash lasertime and get a free audiobook just for signing up for a 30-day trial. If you like podcasts, odds, odds are you like audiobooks. And I was going to give you an example relating to our for our LaserTime topic, uh, Back to Our Pilots, but then I immediately saw Star Wars Bloodline, New Republic, a book, an all-new book. Book that takes place in the events before The Force Awakens, and there's a ton of other movie content. You know what I just saw there? We're going to be talking a lot about Independence Day this week. Did you not see Independence Day Resurgence? We well, don't have to, because on Audible, there is Independence Day Resurgence 
the official novelization. That's right. And you can go get it free by going to audibletrial.com slash laser time and check it out. Listen to it on Audible. It, Audible also has whisper sync capabilities, meaning you could read a book, boom, put it down, get into a car, and it'll start talking in your ears right where you left off. Audible has over 180,000 things to choose from. You can listen to them all on your desktop, Kindle, smartphone, Apple thingy. What is it called? Who knows? But uh, anyway, I just wanted to thank Audible for uh, helping us out with the show. And once again, let you guys know that you can go to audibletrial.com slash laser time and get started with a free 30-day trial and get a free audiobook. Woohoo! You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. I went to a minor league baseball game. Yeah, it looked like good seats. They were excellent seats. And do you know what they serve for food there? Because I've been to the fucking Giants game. They had like six things. They had hot dogs, bratwurst, Mm. cheeseburgers, veggie burgers, potato salad, uh, salad. famous bratwurst, uh, and beer. Um, it's $28. How much do you think we got? All of it. Oh. I'll ruin it. Spoiler. All of it. Free. As much as you oh, wanted. For 20 bucks? And guess how much beer? You get these three tickets in your wristband for free. Three, three free beers. Nice. All local breweries. Wow. Um, and, and like, I rented a ticket. It's, it's such like this weird community of, like, lovable, enormous lesbians who, who just live this. Who wow. live m- Madison Mallard games. And like, and they're like, ah, I gotta take off. Anybody want my beer tickets? She says to everyone. And then the kid, and then kids turn around like, I don't need mine either. And then like, people just <laughs> handing out their beer tickets. And I drank. I like, I got to a point where like, I couldn't get drunk on beer anymore. Mm-hmm. But I, I, <laughs> I just drank so much beer. Twenty nine dollars. Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly full length, uncensored, and ad free Patreon exclusive podcast, as well as weekly full length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, physical rewards, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash laser time, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. Okay, see. One of the things I try to do, no look at my oh, screen. Oh, sorry, break. sorry. I was, uh, I my was stuff. trying. Uh, I was trying to find what is the first example of a stealth pilot, a backdoor pilot. Mm. Um, and I found I, I accidentally stumbled upon what I think is the answer, almost a hundred percent positive, while researching Roger Rabbit. Oh, um, and let me see if you guys can what a dark trail get what this down, Chris. is. <laughs> So that's wow, that's, that's really strange. That's Betty Boop talking up uh, Popeye. Betty the Boop singing about Popeye and just watching the cartoon. Yeah. Uh, and I, what I was researching for Roger Rabbit, as you can see, you can see the storyboard for the sequence he was supposed to be in. And I, one of the comp- uh, complications of getting him, and I'm speculating. Uh, is that Popeye, unlike a lot of other world-famous cartoon characters, mm-hmm. was a comic character first. Mm-hmm. So it's not only Paramount's cartoon, it is King Feature's yeah, comic he's character. He's from Thimble Theater. Yeah. yeah, he was just a plugged-in character who took over. Instead of being back to our pilot in the comic strip, he just took over his comic So strip. what you just yeah. heard is from a Betty Boop cartoon... And those are the. And this is just the title card, and that's only thing Betty Boop says, and she's on screen for about forty seconds. Oh, wow. The rest is all Popeye. So we're wow. we do understand that Betty Boop 
has fucked Popeye. Like, <laughs> they all they did was Hula dance together. Olive oil was. I'm just, I'm did just you know May, May Questel is the same voice of uh, Betty Boop and Popeye? Oh, and sense. she reprised Ugh. the role in Roger Rabbit. Read that. more things. Wow, wow. Was that, that had to be your last role. See Betty Boop's nipples in Who Framed Roger Rabbit on That's the Time Podcast. So I like ju- just to think that uh, Popeye and Roger Rabbit are Eskimo cousins. <laughs> uh, when when she says, what a lucky guy. What like, a lucky guy. Oh, you have definitely uh, done mm-hmm. it with Roger He's Rabbit. He's such a cocksmith. But, <laughs> but, uh, meanwhile, I would think Popeye really doesn't have much going on. In the, well, uh, I, I was re- in researching Betty Boop. I came across something a little weird, too. Betty Boop was a very popular cartoon character. Uh, very popular. Like, May Cats, like, didn't wasn't even the first voice, but did it for 150 more uh, uh, short years. cartoons. <laughs> uh, but... but um, one of the things that happened is is the Hayes Code was introduced in the middle ah, of Betty Boop's popularity. Those fuckers ruined movies for like fifty years. They maybe did forty years. They did, and that's that's when I when I uh, sometimes I again I'm not not to yell at MRAs or anything, but I, I bristle at issues of sensitivity and censorship because they literally ruined Betty Boop. She mm. was a slightly sexual, ditzy woman trying to land a guy. And the people were like, cover up her cleavage, get rid of the dress, put her in a house. She's a housewife now. <laughs> That's what she is. And they, ru- yeah. they, they nerfed and ruined Betty Boop. She disappeared. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst character in Overwatch now. <laughs> so what, what, what eventually ended up happening is her cartoons ended up being vessels to introduce other things. So like, this mm. is a giant marquee that says Betty Boop, Popeye the Sailor Man. The first frame is a, a stock footage of a newspaper thing that says Popeye do become movie star because they can't use Betty Boop uh, anymore. They have to find another uh, co- cartoon star to, I don't know, make it I mean, rich. I hate the Hayes Code, but I love Fleischer Popeye cartoons. They're so, so I'm torn. Good. Yeah. Like the yeah. third, or, third or eighth cartoon, I forget which one it is, he punches a baby so <laughs> hard in the face. No, it's uh. it's beautiful, but that's also, you talk about you know censorship or changing changing values that they can't air Popeye cartoons mm-hmm. to kids anymore because they can't show punching that hard. Popeye, and, and if you're watching a Popeye cartoon and his mouth is moving... You're watching the wrong cartoon. Paramount ones, wow. thumbs Paramount's down. Are balls. Yes. Especially yeah. the, the three must be or whatever the fuck. Oh, uh, poopy Popeye. Popeye. Yeah. yeah. There's a Popeye character. Poop I thought it was hysterical. Conjunctivitis eye. Yeah. <laughs> F those ones. Uh, but, uh, okay. What I about- think that's the first backdoor pilot for me. Because that yeah. is that is a Betty Boop cartoon. She, she is not in the cartoon. She is lending her mm-hmm. credence to Popeye to get people to like so they Popeye. Can, so they can do a backdoor launch to get more mm-hmm. Popeye in your face. Uh, you know, I had one. Uh, I forgot about uh, beforehand but on all in the family they did it multiple times but so. most famously with Maud. like so Maud, yeah. Maud is a great example well, of that. what made B Arthur famous uh, before the Golden Girls was on television to play Maud, who she was a bombastic limousine liberal sister to the uh, the wife of uh, Archie Bunker uh, yeah. Edith. And so they, she was on one episode that everybody oh loved her bouncing off of Archie. Like, she was this super liberal, wouldn't take any guff from Archie. And then in the second episode she appeared in, she introduced her entire family and was like, this is my family, everybody. <laughs> Except the daughter was, I believe, not played by Adrian Barbeau, who would and play then, her on the show. But. Yeah. And then Archie Bunker's like, I don't like this family. Uh, you <laughs> know what? And then there's Maud over there. <laughs> there's Maud over I there. don't like how liberal she is. She had, a, she had an abortion once. I didn't like this. They yeah, famously got an abortion on an yeah. episode, which they would never do now. It, it was so... I've watched that episode. It's, it's shocking now to see how even... What was them barely talking about it on TV, a sensitive subject in the 70s, is still something like they'd never say now. But it was also them talking about it's a pre-Roe v. Wade episode. They're mm. talking about how it is was currently then legal in New York. That's right, yeah. Not nationally. And so 
it's it's an interesting, you know, with all the chat about uh, it even these days, it's worth watching you just to see how far we've come. Stepped all yeah. over my cartoon. Yeah. Oh, more cartoons. Because well, my battery's about to go dead. I got to play yeah. these clips. Uh, <laughs> the cartoon ones. If I were like, if I were to ask you, what is the first show created for the Disney afternoon? Uh, what would you say? Bears? Don't worry. Don't oh. worry about being right. No, it's not gummy bears. Uh, for the afternoon specifically, I think it was. Uh, did it start with Tailspin? It did not start. Damn, with Ducktales. Um, almost. It was a trick question meant to ruin you. Uh, Disney had been animating uh, cartoons for television for quite a while. Uh, there was the what the Wuzzles is a uh, 1984-85. Wuzzle, terrible, but. I love those designs. <laughs> Bumble Lion. It was just combining two animals together yeah, to make kick ass toys. I confuse those with Popples. I just don't know. You would confuse these with Popples because I think Kenner made a line of toys under the same name, but I, I honestly cannot connect them together. Mm-hmm. But Disney did a backdoor pilot, in the, and this is sort of cheating, in the form of a, a TV special, ah. which is where DuckTales started. DuckTales is essentially ah. the start of it because like, Gummy Bears was a Saturday morning cartoon that had so many episodes they could then syndicate it. In, a, in afternoons. And then after... DuckTales was the one that launched, like, this is going to be a daily show. Because after they waited four years to mm-hmm. get enough to, of episodes to syndicate Gummy Bears, mm-hmm. then they said, fuck this, yes. just make the 52 make the and 52 we'll air episodes. them all. And, and but what that's was, a huge investment. Before DuckTales was a show entitled Floppy Dogs. What? Oh, I know this. Sounds like an app. What are you... You mean you can just open doors and walk right into other worlds? Yeah. The problem is you might never get back home. It's it's so insipid and weird. Quantum Leap? It, it is. <laughs> it, has a, it has a Quantum Leap Sliders-esque mm-hmm. plot line. That I do have yeah, vague memories of watching Stupid, this. weird, colorful dogs who have an, a key to interdimensional transport. <laughs> <laughs> That's they, a little too high concept. They also become invisible when they sneeze. It sounds like I'm making this up, but this is a real thing. Floppy Dogs, it's all on YouTube. One special, right? That's it? Uh, one, yeah, one 45-minute yeah. special. And what happened is that they're, they, they, they're little dogs that can talk in their different colors, mm. and they accidentally get transported to Earth where they uh. resemble real earth dogs <laughs> and have to try and fit in with human So beings. this is like a back dog pilot. Back- <laughs> Jesus, yeah. where's my fucking sound effect? Congratulations, <laughs> David. Congratulations, David. Uh, but yeah, floppy dogs, it's one of the weirdest things. I don't know if I is brought it, it up yet. floppy or floppy? F-L-U-P-P-Y. Floppy dogs. I'm glad they made DuckTales. While researching something else, I was... And this is awful. Groovy Gouldies. That yeah, that was, I know that theme song. It was it was launched on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, oh. which is itself is a spinoff of Archie, and it's made by Filmation. And it is literally the worst, most unenjoyable thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Filmation hmm. cartoons are terrible. basically unwatchable. Yeah. They're sub Hanna Barbera, which is yeah. terrible. <laughs> to oh, even could think you about. not afford Hanna Barbera? We'll <laughs> we'll <laughs> undercut them. Thirty drawings per episode. That's our that's our no motto. Matter, no matter what you think about Archie and Sabrina, yeah. they've endured. Remarkably well. You want to be the Ghostbusters cartoon to market? We'll do it. <laughs> One thing I, I like on the Flintstones, we all hate the Flintstones, of course, oh, on, in the Laser Time Network, but uh, they but kept, still just infatuated with it for some reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but they kept bringing back these characters that were like the Adams family, but not. And I'm like, are they going to yeah. do something with these guys or what? Because they keep showing up. I but, mean, they kind yeah. of got a companion. I believe they were the companion cartoon to the Teenage Adventures of Pebbles and Bam Bam. Uh, I think they oh, were. Oh, they made them their own cartoon eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was them with Pebbles and Bam Bam, and then also it had a Captain Caveman short in there, which, which was its own kind of spin-off too, which. 
poor Mel Blanc yeah, watching can, him just like you're huh. killing Mel Blanc yeah. you can listen to Mel Blanc dying throughout the run of Captain Caveman I, nobody can imitate Captain Caveman it's yeah. impossible they, they used his scream as Captain Caveman like oh. I think well after his death whenever yeah. that character needed to yell like because no one else could I mean do it's that. a perfect performance by him and, and Filmation is a good transition because I love bringing it up uh, because I, I did a post on Facebook recently that yeah, caught a just a tiny bit of flack for it. it was a it was a clip from Teen Titans Go, and I know like DC fans have problems Some with aren't fans of it. No. Yeah, because it's a it's a really comedic focused, kidified, simplistic style thing, right? It's not that not it's an anime style. It's just it's that it is clearly a comedy show. It's it, and it's these it's these same characters and the same voices redone to look like a kid's comedy show. Yeah, and it's and fucking flash, hy- very flash animated. It's too. fuck, but it's fucking hysterical. Yeah. I want to not like it, but I can't not. And mm. I would just I put that up. As an example of, like, I wanted to say kids today in a sentence where, like, kids, <laughs> kids today, your programming is so much better. Oh, it's so great. leaps and bounds. It's so great. You, I, like, I, not, and it wasn't me scolding, you should be thankful. It's just, like, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm mm-hmm. thankful for that because the character I love the most first is He-Man. And He-Man <laughs> is so dramatically awful and terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and like, worse, yeah. you, you know it even if you're a little bit younger. You know it because... It's that popular. Mm. Uh, it's it, it was that popular at the time. It was that popular in the '80s that it still has residue of being popular now. It's not fair. It's not right. And it's it's awful. And it should have been illegal. <laughs> yeah, like, it should have been illegal. Yeah, it was a stick for the most part. I just saw that Kellum Lutz is uh, maybe going to be playing He Man in the next what? film. Yep, that uh, was a rumor. What, what do you mean next film? That well, someone's going to replace Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> <laughs> He's irreplaceable. I have the power. <laughs> the only good thing about He Man is that the fact that Square ripped off. Uh, Orko to make their black mages. It's the best thing ever. Just, uh, I don't like Orko because he's in blackface. I think Ooh, he's, he I think he's problematic. <laughs> so they did sneak in. Uh, yeah, I guess they did do a backdoor pile for She-Ra in that. Well, they, just they did. did but mine, mine is even worse. And oh, you mean those fucking? Right. Oh God, <laughs> those guys are the worst. Sorry. Shira's like, if you like He-Man, how about this halfway naked woman or a practically naked woman? I mean, they, but like He-Man was bad about that because I'm thinking of Chitara. I'm sorry. And again, like the the best He-Man thing you can ever buy is the best of He-Man DVD because it has DVD features of people who have gone on to better jobs and have no problem fucking like hating He-Man they don't in, in an official DVD feature. Paul Dini, chief among them. Oh, like Paul Dini was on. This, yeah, like man. just yeah, being like started this started is so stupid. He's like this is so stupid, and they said we couldn't make Skeletor mean, so this is a dumb character. We had to make meaner than Skeletor, and this is the this is the action figure design we were given. So therefore, <laughs> so not a backdoor pilot, but backdoor merchandise. That's mm. what He-Man was about. We gotta sell this shit. Yeah. Um, you were trying to help us. Well, I didn't do a very good job. Hello. I'm Johnny. Who are you? My name's Cutter. What's yours? Well, I'm Orko, and this is Alicia and Miguel. But, but, but how did you know we were here? We're the Manchines. The Monstroids are our enemies. Come on, let's get you out of there. But how? The window's got bars. They don't call me Cutter for nothing. Watch. <laughs> This is all right, cool. Bye. This is this is already a crossover of action figures from He-Man yeah. and She-Ra, and they have the balls, the gall, to introduce a new line of action figures called the Manshees. We fight the monstroids. Yeah. You are literally establishing another universe within five minutes of a Christmas special. <laughs> wow, and it, shameless, shameless. Well, and you can totally see the pitch exactly. It, like it, they Mattel look like says, toys. Well, but Mattel, you can you can see the Mattel executive saying. 
Okay, kids love Care Bears. They also love Transformers. What if it was a cute and cuddly yes. Transformer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what those awful and things and are. And I couldn't find a lot of information on them, but they're called they ever the got... man What if a teddy bear had a razor blade arm? <laughs> Well, like, great. I, I'm raging against against the Manchines right now. I hate. I that. don't think they ever got actual toys. They didn't get any toys. They didn't get a pilot. But this is very clearly uh, filmation or Mattel trying to yeah, stealth Mattel. launch something very, new into people's faces. Very toyetic, as Freakazoid Toy- would teach us all. Uh, get, yes. See, that was again. That was kind of Paul Dini and his ilk getting right. out those same demons. Was, he, was that like the Freakmobiles? Like how toyetic can yeah, you get? How yeah. toyetic can you get? Hey guys, watch the lip sync on that, and then the <laughs> lips sink in water. Oh, right. I I love that. Oh, well, actually, hey, by the way, as long as we're talking about Paul Dini. He just put out this very interesting kind of memoir comic. Oh, about, that came out? Yeah, it, oh. it just came Man, out. I need to read that. It, it was uh, a story about how he was mugged in, during the production. During the production of the original Batman the Animated Series, he was violently mugged. Oh, and it's effect shit. on his psyche. And it's, uh, it's a very like deep going into his life type thing. And if you're an animation buff, he's talking about... Being a producer on Tiny Toons and then a Batman the Animated Series. And there's even a great bit where they have to change. They keep in a lot of stuff because Warner, it's published by DC, and so we can talk about Batman and Tiny Toons. It's all owned by Warner. But he has a bit where he talks about how he was offered to work on a Woody Woodpecker show and turned it down because he's like, I'm not quitting Batman to, <laughs> to run Woody Woodpecker. Good move. But they have to make up a new character because they're like, well, I can't have Woody. That's universal. <laughs> That's... So somebody pulled a gun on him and he's like, no, I invented Buster Bunny. Please, <laughs> don't. There is no I'm char- Dr. Gene Splicer. There's no animated character from that period quicker to pull a gun than Woody Woodpecker. Yes. Yeah, those cartoons were the first ones to be kind of cleansed from syndication and airing because they are so violent and drunk. It's, it's like Bugs Bunny without an inciting incident. Like, yeah. I'm going to be a dick for no reason. Ah, I'm my Woody car ran out of gas. Fuck everybody! Armageddon! <laughs> <laughs> so we can talk about Tiny Toons now, right? Yeah, On the topic we, of Paul Dini. Oh, oh my why God. don't we do it? We get we come back from this. Ooh, break. Yeah, cliffhanger. Today we celebrate our Independence Day. Thank you, Bill Pullman. It's, it, we're celebrating that a little early, I suppose. But uh, I, I, I didn't get to talk to you guys last week because I was on vacation. Uh, and then Brett was on vacation. And then, if you didn't see, on LaserTimePodcast.com, because I know very few of you actually go there to see what we're writing, uh, Henry has left us. Yes, he's in this episode. That's If you didn't understand the joke, he has left us uh, to get a brand new job, which he'll plug at the end of this episode. So keep on listening. But we are down to three men, and we, we want to say we thank you guys for all of your support. This obviously won't be easy on us. Um, we'll have some things to announce as we go forward and change. But, you know, as, as Henry will still be there, like on Talking Simpsons, he'll still be there um, for the foreseeable future. He loves the Simpsons. Bob's been doing it out of love for some time. But I guess that's that's probably the worst way to plug LaserTimePodcast.com, because that's where you can go see the new Monday Night Movie schedule, which is coming very soon, but not before we watch Independence Day. That's right, the 96, 96 original uh, Independence Day, Roland Emmerich, I have not seen it in forever, but it's probably the movie movie I've seen the most that I have not seen in the longest amount of time, and I cannot wait to watch it with my buddies Brett and Dave. We're doing that at 6 o'clock today. In addition to that, we'll be streaming uh, 
the PS1 Classic Independence Day on YouTube.com slash LazerTime Network uh, this Wednesday. In addition to, at some point, the brand new Jackbox games and a few other things. Again, you should check out our YouTube channel. Brett and I have been streaming all of Kingdom Hearts over there, and we have an awesome look at uh, the 90s Marvel cards that we've been doing weekly. Short-form stuff you can just eat up on your, uh, whenever you feel like it, but if you're uh, as nostalgic for Disney and Marvel as we are, we've been doing that every weekend. So check out LazerTime Podcast 2 because we post those there in addition to articles, and I have a big one about Roger Rabbit going up this week. I have no idea if I will be able to finish it. It is a colossal beast but it'll flip a finger to any other behind the scenes Roger Rabbit article anybody has ever written. <laughs> uh, and You can get that commentary half price over on lasertime.bandcamp.com which is where our Patreon commentaries go for people who aren't patrons. You can get them a la carte whenever you'd like. But a Patreon this week will receive a wrestling commentary in an all new episode of Bonus Time, our weekly uh, Patreon exclusive show. We do really appreciate all your support. We are primarily crowdfunded. We cannot thank you enough for keeping us uh, in food. Why don't I cut it off there? You guys want to hear about more backdoor pilots? I guess you're still here. I love you. Thanks. Goodbye. Ahoy, hoy, Laser Time podcast listeners. Have you lost all of your friends by refusing to communicate in nothing but Simpsons references? Well, we're here to help with Talking Simpsons, our chronological exploration of the best television show ever. Here's a highlight from our most recent and beginning discussion. And I really like Marge, Marge's advice for hanging out with Homer, but it, it does leave me with a question I don't want the answer to. <laughs> well, if you want to get closer to him, then maybe you should bridge the gap. I do it all the time. I pretend I'm interested in looking at power tools, going to those silly car chase movies, and... Some things I'll tell you about when you're older. So, fingers and butt. I know that's I was going to say about. butt stuff. I guess butt stuff. Though I feel like in the more innocent early 90s, she could have just meant blowjobs. Yeah. Because we... Uh, How far we've come. <laughs> Worst episode ever. That's Talking Simpsons every Wednesday on the Laser Time Podcast Network until the show becomes unpopular. God, Tiny Toons has so many. Yes. Uh, Is it many? Well, I I think only, I mean, none were very successful. One technically was. So uh, Elmira was kind of the breakout character on Tiny Toons. She was the... I never liked her. The child version of Elmer Fudd, who instead of shooting animals, would hug them to death in a very of mice and men twist. That that difference, I did not realize that until, like, probably, like, ten years ago. Yeah, Montana Max is Yosemite Sam. I did not take apart the names and figure that out, but... So uh, people assume that she was uh, an executive really liked the character, but it turns out they interviewed that executive, and he claims it's Steven Spielberg who uh, likes the character. So in- it, it always seemed like that to me, because yeah. like, I didn't love the character, but somebody did, because it kept being brought up as the... And it was... She is a cool-looking character. I love that she has a... She's obsessed with pets and has one of their skulls in her hair at yes. all times. That's and, her design. Uh, Mr. Cree, Skullhead. And Cree Summer does a really good job as the voice. It's one of her few voices that's grading on purpose that yeah. I can appreciate. <laughs> um, uh, but and also at the same time, as Tiny Toons was getting popular and Elmira could be given a backdoor pilot, The Simpsons is getting very popular. That's super important because they spun off Elmira. And so when... when they made like 65 episodes for syndication and the movie, and then they made like maybe 13 or 15 or 14 for Fox. Yeah. And in that run on Fox, they had two Elmira episodes. One was uh, called Take. Uh, sorry, one was called Grandma's Dead. It's about uh, 
this mix-up in which the Elmira family, who is all introduced, mm-hmm. believes the grandma is dead, but it's actually Elmira's hamster named Jan Brady. Because Elmira's obsessed with 70s and 60s pop culture Holy because shit. the writers yeah. are. Holy yeah. shit. And another one is called Take Elmira, Please, in which Buster and Bunny, Buster and Babs Bunny introduce it as a new Elmira show. Like, hey guys, this is Elmira, and this is going to be your new adventures. So, it, like Goof Troop, which aired that same year, it is a very Simpsons-y, family-based show mm-hmm. about a wacky family, but with characters that you kind of know. But all this now. It's yeah. all human people replacing and there's no college. the cartoons. <laughs> no college. <I'm laughs> no college. And and then ba- I guess based on Steven Spielberg's whims, uh, based on my research I did, that's how Pinky Elmira and the Brain happened. Like well, Pinky and the Brain was going to be canceled, but it lived on for one more season because they just shoved Elmira into it for no goddamn reason. It's what the network wants. Yeah. <laughs> why bother to complain? Exactly. That was the new addition to the theme song that became Elmer with Pinky <laughs> and the Brain. Uh, it, like it, I was writing about it in Roger Rabbit. Like why? Is there never going to be a Roger Rabbit sequel? And it's like it's it's just nice to know that it's not just about power and money. It's about a person like Steven Spielberg, who is primarily he is wealthier than you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't they just sell DreamWorks to, to Universal? To Comcast. Well, yeah, to C- Cable they, Town. <laughs> he, he sold it to Paramount, and then he's like, I changed my mind. I'd rather not sell to you. Um, I got these guys to give me $500 million to buy me back. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we don't want to piss... Steven Spielberg can do whatever he wants. and like All the time. All the time. And like, and so like, if you're thinking of Roger Rabbit, and yes, he had a big fight with... Again, I wrote it all in this stupid article, laser.podcast.com. Uh I can think I can think of half anymore. a dozen things I love off the top of my head that Spe- Steven Spielberg nomadically created and just said I don't care anymore yeah. and just walked away. Yeah, I mean even if you think, but of not e- even said I don't care anymore, but like I don't want to sully this by like just e- e- selling e- it to somebody. Et is a good well, I think Et is a good example, but like what these what Tiny Toons was. I think when I look at Tiny Toons and Animaniacs, I'm like this should still be happening. Exactly, this this could still work. This is still fun. Yeah. I, this shouldn't have been like left to die. We like talked that. about this in the Laser Time episode titled WB, which I yeah. was on like three years ago. Please listen to that if you haven't already. I think it's great. But um, the animation renaissance basically happened because Steven Spielberg was interested in animation for like six years. Because well, of Roger not, Rabbit. Yeah and, yeah, and Disney as well. But it was, well, it was like, was, let's just make cartoons again. And everybody's yeah. like, yeah, Steven Spielberg. It was a combo of yeah. Disney doing it mm-hmm. and then Warner doing it in response. No, but working it, with... What I look at, what's really fun to look at in that article, I'm spoiling it, but it was I wrote it a few weeks ago, is that... The only reason something like Roger Rabbit was allowed to happen, and like Steven Spielberg reportedly negotiated the Looney Tunes characters for $5,000 a piece, ah. and he's like, yeah, you can get two, and they saw spec footage, and Warner Brothers like, never mind, you can have everybody. This is amazing. <laughs> wow. this, is, this is really good treatment for our, our characters. We really like this. Uh, and, and, but like, remember, they're Disney outsiders. Most people who work for Disney and are writers and directors, they're under... Mm-hmm. They're under salary from the company, uh-huh. and they they get Spielberg in there because. And I was it was awesome to look up everything that happened in the early eighties. Black Cauldron, yeah. Don Bluth leaves Disney, makes Amer- an American Tale, which beats Disney's Mouse movie, The Great Mouse Detective, at the box office. Don Bluth took all the best animators with him. Tron, too. Return to Oz. Di- Disney has never been more fucked. Mm-hmm. Never. And the, the reason why Roger Rabbit happened because the movie is fucking scandalous. There are nut shots. Sylvester the cat makes a pussy joke, <laughs> like a very direct pussy joke. About people that. drink, people shoot guns, yeah. people smoke, uh, people curse. And cartoons curse. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And the reason that it happened is because Disney was a joke yeah. and had nothing. And then Roger Rabbit was success. And I'm like, well, where's the next movie? Hold on. One year later, following Black Cauldron, ah. Fox and the Hound, 
Little Mermaid. Yeah. Oh, this is the Disney we actually want to be. <laughs> Fuck Roger Rabbit. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck Roger Rabbit. We control the means of production. And yeah. Charge they, you out the ass. They got in a big fight with the company, and the company was sort of like, "Well, this character's not really that important." Yeah. And I'm, I'm speculating, but the char- like beauty, like the the three combo punch, four combo punch, in in three years, four years. Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and Lion, Lion King. Who the fuck care? Does yeah. Disney really want to take a I'll, risk on the racy 1940s so period piece? How long of a streak do they, like, how long of a losing streak do they need to have before they go back to Roger Rabbit? Because there was close to, like... I don't think they'll ever have I would say, again. like, 97, 98, like, Treasure were, Planet and stuff like that. That's, that's exactly what people bring up. Yeah. yeah. Like, Disney trying to win over hearts and minds of adults and men yeah. and uh, young, young, young boys. But, like, they have Star Wars... And, and now they, they have got Star every Wars, Marvel. and they have yeah. Marvel. Like Tron was the last thing you're going to see yeah. Disney resurrect because it was it was a very high profile, modest failure. Yeah. Well, so okay, so the on the Amblin shows that the, he would go. But that's on to but make. that's that's I think that he was so burned by Disney, and he's like I'm still really feeling this. Mm. And, and the, the interesting thing about that that Roger Rabbit fight is that like Disney had been just releasing like Disney's live action stuff. You love it when you're a kid. It is yeah. terrible and really hard to revisit outside of I a will handful not watch of the Apple Dumpling Gang ever. <laughs> Apple Dumpling Gang rides again, being the only exception. Uh, Flight of the Navigator, I love. Uh, but but like uh, they made Honey I Shrunk the Kids. People speculate that it wouldn't have been a huge hit. You remember the poster for Honey I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick Moranis's giant eyeball. Yeah, but beneath that is for Roger Rabbit's cartoon Tummy yeah. Trouble, and everybody yeah. attributed that to be why that movie was successful. So the next year, Disney has Dick Tracy, a really high-budgeted <laughs> movie that is terrible. Steven Spielberg has a high, semi-high-budgeted Arachnophobia that is mm. less terrible. Yeah, and like, and they both want such a Dante movie. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, yeah uh, with John Goodman, it's another Amlin production, and so Steven Spielberg co-owns Roger. Disney doesn't co-own characters <laughs> with anybody. Yeah, uh, and I they, they don't co-own. It. So like, well, I want the short on Arachnophobia because the movie needs a little help because it's like it's not a thing people know about. I love this horror movie. About yeah, it's, it's a low-level spider movie, and like your movie's based on a popular comic, and he's like, nah, we're, we're gonna save it for Dick Tracy. Spielberg lost, and after that, they're like. He had turned down rights on anything that happened with Roger Rabbit. I don't like that script for the sequel. I hate that. Nope, we're not putting that cartoon in production. Nope, nope. So for three years, nothing happened. Uh, in three years, were, nothing happened. There were three shorts, right? Was it like Tummy Trouble? There was. But uh, like, the Old West one and the roller coaster yeah. one, right? The, not the Old West one, the trail mix-up. Okay. And that happened, that, that's, that has the biggest gap in it. And there's a, a partially completed short called Hair in My Soup that Spielberg just wouldn't... And he eventually like softened on it, but then after that... That's where you get Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. Mm. That's where that came... Because he was still interested mm. in that format, but he, I don't think he wanted to deal with Disney. And then he got over it! And then <laughs> never did it again! Yeah. <laughs> Screw animation. So we, we actually have two more technical uh, backdoor pilots in Tiny Toons mm-hmm. and Animaniacs. So one is uh, a late episode on, on the Fox run of Tiny Toons. They visit a place called Tune, sorry, Two Tone Town, yeah. where they visit a bunch of black and white cartoons. And the three they characters are they meet the are Yakko, Wacko, and Dot, they, but they're dog-like See, I was always yes. confused yeah. about that until I saw a rerun years later like that they weren't yet. I thought they were. Well, yeah. I think they only... They wanted to redesign them, and I bet it was probably like a legal thing, too, mm-hmm. of, hey, if they're unique characters from Tiny Toons, then we mm-hmm. don't have to pay character rights to somebody or whatever. Yeah, so. and more so than Tiny Toons, <laughs> Animaniacs, it's on Netflix, right? Like, yeah. beautifully. It's it's so great. It is I'm, so much Tiny fun. Tiny Toons is really good, but then they Tiny took Toons. everything they did on Tiny Toons and like... Let's just be even crazier. Like, yeah. why Why have any connection to the old Looney Tunes? Like, yeah. let's just make up 
all the dumb shit we could we'll do. We'll do everything the Looney Tunes did. We'll have a 70-piece orchestra score yeah. in Carl yeah. Stalling style, uh, and it's uh, beautiful. I miss, that, I miss that original music so much. Yeah. So we also have... Uh, so this was not an intentional backdoor pilot, but because uh, in, 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 when they're doing Animanix, oh, yeah. they made 65 episodes not knowing how any of them would do. Mm. But Pinky and the Brain did become its own show that ran for like 100 episodes. Like yeah. People are forgetting like that was its own thing, and it's I think it still holds up. Yeah, I think yeah. it... I think it might have, people might be more familiar. They're definitely more familiar and with that, Pinky and the Brain the anime than Yakko Wacko and Zod. Like a, was Baby Plucky kind of a spinoff? Or like, they so made Plucky ways. episodes. They aired yeah. ones like, it's the Plucky episode. Well, which, interestingly, yeah. the, the whole Tiny Toons concept was pitched with yeah. all Pluckies. Mm. And uh, they did consider oh, yeah. doing a, a spinoff of mm. just that. I feel like they wanted to make Baby Plucky a show. Oh, oh, because yeah. it, I, like, yeah. There was a time in, in my life where I was like, a Baby Plucky I show. I hysterical. I'm oh, man, that. the fucking elevator episode, I'm yeah. there. So set your VCRs, boys. I, that's yeah. I, I remember. I, I don't know why it was so entertaining to me, but it really was. Yeah. Things going down the hole. Yeah, very oh, funny. Yeah. But what were, so hole. what was the other Animaniacs one then? Uh, that was it. So that was just Animaniacs kind of spun from Tiny Toons, like the germ yeah. of the idea. But then Pinky and the Brain became a thing. But it was not put into ti- into Animaniacs to become a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people just noticed, like, oh, uh, people like Pinky and the Brain. Let's make yeah. this its own show. And then Freakazoid was like, it wasn't a spinoff of Animaniacs, and it actually almost was a it. Kind of was like a sideways backdoor pilot from the Batman animated series. Actually, that's right. Because yeah, it was developed as a show about this character called the Creeper, mm-hmm. who was like who would end up being a character on the animated series in the later WB seasons, where he was like the Joker but crazier. He had been exposed to the same Joker toxin. He had been created by Steve Ditko, the same guy who created co-created Spider Man, and. Then he was just this crazy weirdo, and then uh, after Bruce Tim and Paul Dini worked hard on that, they're like, nah, we don't want that, but let's take some of these ideas and make it into a parody of a superhero show, and they call it a freaky I think a lot of that was, again, a Steven Spielberg whim, like, make it funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a comedy. And they're like, I guess we have to now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got you the us. budget. Like, make it happen. So it's like amazing TMS animation and these Bruce Tim superhero designs, but like yeah. acting out like vaudeville skits and 60s yeah. TV references and things like that. And by the second season, it just became ridiculous yeah. and goofball to the extreme. I, I love the one up, uh, I forget even the character's name because that was a joke, but one of their smaller bits in it was this guy who wanted to be a superhero, but he couldn't get his name because they're like, well, Lord Bravery. Lord Bravery, yeah. like, no, there's Lord Bravery soap, like, we can't get clearance. And it was it was a real-life joke by the writers about how hard it was to get clearance on any character name on their show. At some point, he wanted to change his name to DreamWorks. Yeah. <laughs> DreamWorks, oh, it's free. Oh, can we, no. Can we not forget that fucking Green Arrow character that's just Charlton Heston? Yeah. That makes me... Darn the luck. luck. So, like, I, I have to play the Lord Freakazoid Bravery, uh, fanboy Tron... <laughs> It's, it amazes I, me that this, this clip is... Yeah, it baffles me that this clip is, is so old. But then it was, this, this was being wasted on a kid show. Fanboy predated internet. Like, he knew what the internet was. I think they're picking up on, like, early internet nerdery. Yeah, I guess I, so. I think they're playing little versions of themselves. That's it, yeah. I mean, you to either 30 days in county jail or 30 minutes listening to Fanboy. Wow, I literally just did this. Freakazoid, cool. Hey, I was just talking to Harlan on the internet, and Harlan. I told him I hadn't seen a good cyberspace scene like this one since Tron, which is not the film that broke the bank at Disney in 1983, <laughs> as some believe. Two. No, Tron came out in 82, three years after Disney's The Black Hole, which was Movie Land's equivalent to the Hindenburg. What a disaster! And the robots? They made R2-D2 look like Lawrence Olivier. 
Yay! Lock me up and throw away the key! <laughs> so the animation there is being done by people who worked on Miyazaki movies. They're yeah. animating a rant about the black hole from Fanboy, and that's why I love Freakazoid. The black hole is gloriously terrible. This taught me about the black hole so, as a pre-internet kid. I like, love what the fuck it. is this? Yeah. I, you know, we talk about Paul Dini again, but I, I have not seen this confirmed, but I swear... That Paul Dini is that fanboy? Paul Dini is fanboy. He like, looks a lot like so a young similar. Paul Dini. Yeah, you're uh, right. You know, as well as we're talking about superheroes, I I had yeah, a few I, like uh, in terms too. of spinoffs. I remember reading the factoid that uh, Batman the animated series is technically responsible for the most spinoffs ever. Ooh, you yeah. think it was be all in the family mm. or fucking what's the other? What's the Gary Marshall thing? Oh, happy happy days. Days. Well, the yeah, Facts of days. Life uh, spun off. Apparently, they tried to spin off six different things, but I'm so I'm ignorant actually, about that show that I didn't uh, do a lot of research. I think. I, I recently deduced that, like, the surreal life mm-hmm. on VH1 oh, God, yeah. has oh, God. spun off into, like, like four different shows where, like, people from the surreal <laughs> life tried to date, and then it spun back into real, like, real Brady. world road rolls challenge my where... Fa- my Brady? Fuck my fair Brady. Brady. My fair Brady. Uh, I love Flavor of Love. Rock of Love. Flavor of Love. Rock of Love. I Love New York, who law, who wow. was one of Flavor of Flav's dates... And then they tried to do something called I Love Money, where it's like real world road rules mm-hmm. of uh, Flavor Flav and all those shows. But oh, one Jesus one Christ. of one of the pe- the contestants uh, murdered uh, their girlfriend. And well, then, that's a way to lose. And then they like, oh, we're not airing this show. <laughs> wow. uh, so so the Happy that, Days that did spin off Bork and Mindy. That is it did, that. but like Robin Williams was literally just a guest star. Yeah, and but he was so popular. He was like, so popular. Make a show. And that was filmed as a dream sequence. They had to retcon yes. into making it real. Because remember, Happy my Days mind. was in the 50s, and yes. all of a sudden Bork jumps into the 80s. What and a it, ridiculous that episode like the, oh it's an episode where Fonzie dreams he but can, meets an but can alien you, can you imagine that like that's how bored you are with your show but you're told to keep it on the air like, yeah. I don't give a shit the greatest what secret is alien? that Gary Marshall secretly sucks but he's just so lovable <laughs> call me Gary <laughs> I love Gary uh, but, uh, okay yeah Batman Batman the animated series and I, I reiterate that on a bunch of podcasts like it's 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 effect on Batman literally permeates what you think of Batman. If you go in the store right now and buy Lego DC characters, they are the designs from Lego Batman. Mm-hmm. We did a show recently in Laser Time, like, who are the new superheroes? Because, like, I don't think anybody's introduced any new superheroes. DC, mm-hmm. their biggest new superhero of the last 20 years is Harley Quinn. Yeah. Literally introduced in this cartoon. Yep, yeah. and uh, the Arkham games, which everybody plays. Same voices. Yeah. Same voices. Paul mm-hmm. Tini wrote mm-hmm. the first two of them. This like, is, it, yeah, it's the definitive Batman for me, and, like, as a kid, I, I realized my favorite now, Joker, my favorite Bat. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill. I realized, as an Batman adult, Joker. it got me into noir movies because every episode is a mini noir yes. movie like this is why I like noir now shadows of black and white television yeah and so yeah silence it would go on to start the super superman animated series then also batman beyond and from batman beyond came a show called uh zeta that's Thir- the, zeta is the is the yeah. biggest example of the backdoor, that's pilot, the backdoor pilot because that's they're not from the comics no zeta was just made up as a robot friend in a two-parter who or uh, one episode so that's, how, up fa- with that's how far we've gotten batman the animated series mm-hmm. goes into the future after okay. several iterations of batman mm-hmm. and then batman crosses over with superman then batman goes in the future for batman beyond and then there they introduce <laughs> The, the Zeta characters just spin off yeah. another show. God. Yeah, and then that show also crossed over with Static Shock, Jesus another Christ. DC show. And right. then yeah. that universe continued on into the Justice League animated series, mm-hmm. and then Justice League Unlimited. And uh, that kind of was where it ended, though. It sort of 
then they did a bunch of TV shows and mm-hmm. you could uh, or TV uh, direct video movies and you could say the Teen Titans show is kind of connected to it they they wouldn't say either way but uh, you know in the live action superhero shows they did oh, yeah. so Arrow the Arrowverse started and yes. originally they filmed an episode of Arrow that was the backdoor pilot for Flash and they thought this is so good mm-hmm. we like this so much Fuck it. We're making this an episode. Like, this is the first episode, and this is a new series. Is that so, wow? Because it, it never aired. It didn't air. Really? They just took the stuff they filmed of Barry Allen and made that his first episode. So when, episode. like, Arrow swings in and meets Barry Allen, that's from that's an initial... That's part of that, yeah. And so instead, huh. they just... They knew they were making it, so they would introduce some of the secondary characters who huh. would be on The Flash the next year. They introduced them on Arrow, but they just decided, no, Flash is too yeah, good. Yeah, I tried to read about all that, and like all, all the failed backdoor pilots for oh, Smallville. Yeah, yeah they that, thought they'd oh, get wow. so many spinoffs. They didn't get one. Yeah, they, they have. I, I just read about an episode where they introduce an Aquaman character, and yep. he's like the focus. Like, he just takes over the episode. Super, like yeah. Clark isn't even in the episode, yeah. and like, and then it just doesn't happen. And, and like, and I was looking for modern examples yeah. of backdoor pilots, and this only sort of counts Agents of Shield that. Two to three times they've tried to spin the Mockingbird series. Well, they think they get an episode order for it. They're like, all right, it's going to be a season. As of right now, they're on their third yes. attempt <laughs> to so, do that because they've already had to bring her back, whatever yeah, that they, character's they name is. They write Mockingbird off the show, <laughs> and then she Bobby Chase, and then she has to, to come, come back, back every time. Mm-hmm. Like, and, mm-hmm. Though also in the second Arrow mm-hmm. Flash crossover episodes, those were backdoor pilots to introduce the characters of Legends of DC's Legends DC's of Legends Tomorrow. Tomorrow. They introduced like Hawkman and Hawkgirl, who would then go on to be on on that show, mm. and uh, that those were a full on backdoor pilot. And I would dare say that the Daredevil season two is a pilot for the Punisher show. It, like, it, it wasn't mm. supposed to be, but he takes it. He totally over, took it. Like and. But- by the end of it, the, the last episode ends with such a cliffhanger that will not be resolved on Daredevil. But they are shooting Luke Cage. Yeah. And yeah. Iron Fist is definitely... Ha- I thought it would take the place of Iron Fist. I really yeah, did. Yeah, I thought so, but it's just another Netflix Another show. Netflix Marvel show. Mm-hmm. And uh, meanwhile... And I that's was look- why like, comics get super complicated, because yeah. comics doesn't have a term for backdoor pilot because that's how you introduce a new character. In Basically, most yeah. cases, yeah. That, so that's how I looked it up. I, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, well, were there were there backdoor pilots? But that is mostly how you introduce a new character. We, you we've have... been, we did a video series for our YouTube channel, um, youtube.com slash network, and it, it's it's all about the Marvel cards of, of 1990. And we got, there's my favorite one so far is the most valuable comics thing. Yeah. And the amount of ways they try and sneak Spider-Man <laughs> onto every single cover and like every new characters in a Spider-Man issue. Yeah. That's how they try and launch new characters. Punisher's first appearance, a Spider-Man mm-hmm. book. The but, Wolverine's first appearance, uh, an incredible Hulk book. Spider-Man's first, Fantastic and, Four. Yeah, Spider, well, no, Spider-Man's first appearance was in Amazing Fantasy. No, but like the, and, his first issue was with Fantastic the, Four? The Fantastic Four guest star and yeah, to like, get you to read it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And same with like Supergirl first appeared in like a test issue of, oh, let's, Superman dreams up a Supergirl mm-hmm. who's gone by the end of the <laughs> issue, but they use it as a setup of, if people buy this, then we'll mm-hmm. do a Supergirl comic, which like, they did. Again, it's a much smaller world, and there is no other way for them to let you know about these new characters other than like shoving them into another yeah. comic like hey how about this person please follow them yeah but, there's there's no social media campaign yeah, or like, like, trail, like YouTube trailers auto playing Facebook silent trailers it just didn't exist and I think your wizard magazine was written three months before you got yes. it basically so but uh, but a more similar idea to what 
we're talking about is in the late 80s and early 90s, Marvel and DC both did... So there's a thing called annuals, which is a publishing thing where once a year they put out an extra size annual copy of their monthly series. And it usually is to fill like a fifth week. Sometimes they have a fifth week that doesn't have anything being published. And so they just make an annual issue. Someone with a weekly <laughs> podcast, I understand the terrible nature of the fifth week. <laughs> and so they, uh, so instead they make up these big crossover mm-hmm. events that will be used to introduce new characters. Mm-hmm. And so DC did one that was so flagrant called uh, Bloodlines, where outer space aliens would then <laughs> suck somebody's blood out of their uh-huh. neck, and in a tiny percentage of the people who would be attacked, it would m- introduce their new superpower. And so each new superhero would meet an, an established superhero in their annual and then like Batman would say wow what an impressive new guy this dead shot is I want to learn all about him I would follow his adventures <laughs> the most successful one of those was a character named Hitman who would later go on to kill other bloodline characters who sucked <laughs> mm. and uh, Marvel did the same thing in Acts of Vengeance and pretty much every year would try to backdoor pilot characters in it and uh, the other two most flagrant ones I could think of were the first appearance of the new Warriors and Thunderbolts, both big 90s teams for Marvel. New Warriors just appeared to help Thor fight Juggernaut in a two-issue yes. thing. Yes, sorry, yes. And it's a great first appearance, but they just jump out and like, uh, like almost like, hey, you should make a toy of this pose, poses. <laughs> and then Thor's like, I wonder, methinks they shall have verily quite an adventure. <laughs> And same with the Thunderbolts first appear in a Hulk battle. Mm-hmm. And they battle the Hulk, and they even in that it ends with, read them in issue number one of Thunderbolts two months from now. Like So it happens all the time. I was a, a dirty image comics boy growing up, as I explained to Henry <laughs> via email. And I thought, I was like, I'm better than these superhero comics. I'm alternative. And it, yes. I, recall, I recall Spawn, at some point it was so popular, it was coming out twice a month. Mm-hmm. And they had to fill that time. So it's like, here's a cybernetic gorilla. Here's this guy named the Freak. Yes. Like all, like they kept trying to shove these new characters in your face, and I feel like Image was trying to spin them off. But I believe like things like Angela, were, yeah, Angela uh, was yeah. the best they got. Of Neil Gaiman, right? Yeah, Neil Gaiman created her and got to keep her in a lawsuit. Yes. But, uh, oh, all, yeah. Also, don't name a pedophile after a famous hockey player, Todd McFarlane. Yeah, don't do that. Just, damn, these are the clips I meant to get, but I didn't. But um, Jesus. I, I love. I was doing research on another episode of Laser Time about basically Space Ghost being Cartoon Network's first yeah. original animated show. Yes, and oh. that it was essentially used Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Coast to Coast was it, but used to launch every. But then it became Cartoon Planet, and like it was, mm. it was. I, don't, I wouldn't call it mega popular, but it was definitely omnipresent throughout the network. It aired twice daily, and then every weekend mm-hmm. evening, like as a great fake talk show yeah. <laughs> and that that uh when they were trying to kill they were intentionally trying to kill the show and move on <laughs> that they introduced aqua teen hunger force on there and you would not recognize that's right frylock and uh but that's they're introduced there to go and do a show and they completely retold it from those characters uh and then i, for, I totally forgot about this and i've never mentioned it because i love aqua teen hunger force uh i was in tallahassee florida where i'm from and uh they came uh, the creators and dana snyder came to introduce just sh- show us new shit. Wow. And what they showed us was a brand new... He's like, we have a spinoff show and we don't know what it's called. Um, it, what it ended up becoming is the Space Gataz intros of like... That's right. The Moon Knights wow. and the German alien guy where they fight one guys. another. So 
I think they said it was on a DVD, but if it's not, I'm the only one who's seen... I'm one of the few people who have seen... <laughs> the complete. I've seen the complete episode that that was supposed <laughs> to be. Because it got it got truncated and cut up as wow. intros to an entire season of Aqua Team. I didn't realize that. I mean, this show was so cheap to produce, that's how they ended up with a deleted <laughs> movie yeah. of just unused scenes. Jesus. But I, I loved Space Ghost Coast to Coast, partially because it felt... I guess punk rock's maybe the wrong word to use. I think to, in terms of cable yeah. TV programming, yeah, it's it was like, just I, what if stoners putting... did whatever they wanted because <laughs> they figured no one was watching. People keep putting up episodes on YouTube. I'm like, I'll check this out for a second. I'm like, I'm surprised how funny and, and fast this is. It was an era where I fell in love with TV because it's like this should not be on TV. I need to watch more of this. I thought of one more glaring omission. I know we're running out of time. Um, so I'm the, I'm the Ren and Snippy Overlord, Lore Master on Laser Time uh, Network. Licker? I'm thinking of, well, George Licker's one of them, but the most important one is Haggis McHaggis, a yes. Scotsman character <laughs> with the Scot with the Scottish racism uh, amped way up, played by Alan Young, who R.I.P. just yeah. died. Yeah, he's Scrooge McDuck. They wanted to spin him off. It didn't work. But there are two cartoons about him. I think yeah. one is just called Haggis McHaggis, another one's called A Hard Day's Luck. They are both fantastic episodes. That character could live on. He's just like a small, angry man yeah. who's, I think, angrier than Ren. I wonder <laughs> if Powder Toast Man's solo episode yeah. was meant as a backup. That, that could be it, too. too. But I know they at least tried, based on that book, Sickle of Monkeys, they at least tried to be like, okay, Ren and Stimpy, let's, let's move away from this. It was so controversial, so there's so much drama with what happened. Mm. Let's make Haggis yeah. McHaggis. So they made two episodes <laughs> of that. They are great, but it never spun off into its own thing. Well, you know, but. it's almost kind of a it's like a backdoor skit pilot mm-hmm. is from the show The State. Uh, oh, Beef of Variety. Variety. There was the yeah. uh, Mr. Ah. and Mrs. Le Pen Variety Hour, mm-hmm. which was one skit, and like I don't even rem- I didn't even remember it being on the show, but then like. Yeah, two years later, it's a Comedy Central show. That's uh, and I love that show. It is completely forgotten, and no one can watch it in yeah. any form. Uh, <laughs> because yeah. all the live musical yeah, appearances? You can't yeah, pay, you can't pay the scroll nut zippers enough to... Uh, <laughs> well, and so also, the Nicktoons thing reminded me of one, an episode oh. of a show that actually talked about it being a backdoor pilot and mocking it. It was the final production, though not aired, episode of Rocco's Modern Life. Oh. Rocco's Modern Life has a show within a show, the the Fatheads. Yes, and we created, talked about this in our episode that I love from last year, animated ending or was it early this year, animated endings that matter. Yeah. yeah, that actually had a conclusion. Usually, shows just end mm. and don't come back. Well, the especially animated shows. Mm. Especially Fatheads animated was very shows. like a Terry Gilliam ish kind of thing, right? Yeah, With, like, and it was a parody of like disgusting cartoon. It was almost like the Terrence and Philip of its show of thinking. Oh, if this is what you think a Nicktoon is, I'm going to make a parody of that. And the creator of it was voiced by the creator of Rocco, Joel Murray. And so in the last episode of the show of Rocco, he's animated the last episode of the Fatheads. And he's like, great, I never have to make another one of these. I never want to make cartoons again. (laughs) And then the horrible network executives tell him, no, you have to make a pilot for a new show, and you got to do it now, and then we can make, and then we can, if that's successful, then we'll force you to make that forever. <laughs> and so then he tries to tank a backdoor pilot uh, of um, uh, Wacky Deli, right? Wacky Deli, yeah, Wacky, Wacky Deli. Deli, yeah. As but it's a, too popular. As an adult, I realize that's like a, a takeoff on the producers. Like, let's yes. let's hire the biggest idiots to write <sighs> this right. and animate it and do the voices. But it turns out to be a huge hit. But I wonder, you know, it shared so much of the production at, with 
the staff with SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Then I wonder if that was like you see that cheese in Wacky Deli, and you wonder like, is this where SpongeBob started? I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. where he came up, right? Steve, what's his nuts? Yeah, Steve Hillenburg, yeah. And, yeah. and also the voice of Plankton is the voice of Filbert, mm-hmm. and so he was he's a producer on he was a mm, top dude on both yeah. shows. Turn the page, Washi. I, mean, I live my life to be Filbert. <laughs> SpongeBob <laughs> is great, but it is the safe version of Ren and Stimpy and Rocco that Nickelodeon yeah. always needed to merchandise. Yeah. Like, but Rocco and Ren were and Ren Stimpy were way too like edgy to be. And I'm that also successful. seeing like. I think Dave and I discussed this on, on accident. Uh, Rugrats all growed up. Yeah. What yeah. all growed up was the episode of Rugrats that looked it at them special, in the future. Yeah. But it, I can't seem to find if, if they for sure wanted they, they did that as a backdoor pilot or if it was just a happy accident. I think like, it was like, to test the waters. I, it seems it, it looks like it was, but because uh, we had discussed, Dave, you mentioned Muppet Babies. I yeah. think if Muppet Babies, because Muppet Babies premiered. It, which would be the weirdest was, backdoor right, yeah. pilot. It was a movie that made it. A movie that spawned, that had a dream sequence that spawned an animated mm-hmm. cartoon. And in that sequence in Muppets Take Manhattan It was more like, just like Jim Henson, like, I want to make some baby Muppets. <laughs> no, no it, was, it was purely a shot in the movie. And they yeah. people approached them afterwards mm-hmm. and like, this should be a show. And, yeah. he, and he's like, yeah, I think it should be. And it made tons and of money. It's, it's, I, I, this is not the right show for it topic-wise, but it is... You cannot replicate the success of Muppet Babies. Like <laughs> almost no show has ever done that. Yeah, name like, an anime. Like we should do a show about animated shows that were on the air for more than six years. Like eight fucking yeah. years that you can never see again, right? Yeah. yeah oh yeah, much. and it's all gone. For all that, gone. For that all grown up thing, I think it was like them recognizing, okay, like so the Rugrats audience is growing up, yeah. and they are insecure about watching a show about babies. Mm-hmm. So, so you know what it. they'd love to see? Uh, a bunch of babies reflecting their own problems. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. What if Tommy was a filmmaker? Yeah. I think that was the point <laughs> of the thing. What if they were tweens? Like, yeah. it was. They were definitely. What if Lil was accidentally racist? <laughs> I mean, Klasky Chupo was directing themselves more tweens in those later years. Like Wild and, Thornberries and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Wild Thornberries mm-hmm. and that uh, one that was on the end. What was the name of that? It was like Gill or the World According to We do Chupo. not call it that. Yeah. Rocket what? Power. Yeah, uh, it's the other. There was, a, there was too Mike much. Mike and, and things like that. There was too much Klasky fucking Chupo, man. They, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got so sick of it. The like, early aughts really tested our patience for that kind of yeah. character design. <laughs> Although I, I stand by Duckman, it still looks good. It's, it's trying to be it's ugly. It's jarringly ugly, yeah. but it's on purpose. But it's at least mm-hmm. based on like Everett Peck designs instead yeah. of just the stock way of drawing ugly humans, like misshapen potato co- people. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was weird. I was trying to research this. I can burn a couple of examples I came across. Um, I, I, did I do groovy ghoulies? I did. Yes. No, no, it was just the girl from Uncle. What? Um, yeah, based I'm, on the movie that nobody cared about this year, the movie I, the movie is actually pretty enjoyable. I hear, but um, and, and I watched a little well, bit. Why of it, name like, it the Man from Uncle? Name I, it anything else? I, exactly. Like <laughs> nobody remembers what the fuck this is. The only people who do are eighty. I wish yeah. I knew what Uncle even stood for. I know it stands for something. <laughs> but the, well, the girl from Uncle, it was very intentionally yeah. released, uh, and that's why this is hard to do because I didn't want. I barely know about it. The of these worst things. part of that trailer was like I was in the theater when I the first time I saw a man mm-hmm. the Man from Uncle movie trailer from this year and it's like we're, we're going to call this organization Uncle. And I'm like <laughs> I'm looking around like does anybody care? I know what this means but I don't care. Say Uncle. Yeah. <laughs> You'll say Uncle this August. Is it okay if I do one more? Please uh, I have one more I want to talk about. So as a kid who would just watch any black and white TV show thrown in front of me with an endless amount of time, I watched the entire run of Gomer Pyle USMC oh roughly uh, yes. six or seven times. I've and never seen one frame of that show. From a 2016 perspective, the, the series is, is about a very uh, friendly gay man who's in the army. <laughs> yes. um, 
who is just has like a bottomless compassion. He loves everyone. He's, he's butting heads with this sergeant who in the real world would call him the F word, the F slur yeah. a thousand times. Yeah, he would have been horribly beaten in the yes. army. He would have been beaten to death with like a towel full of soap. Yeah. Skull on his first day. All but that stuff. Would have been full metal jacketed. People yes. didn't know to read Jim Neighbors as gay. Though he's very out now. And, I think like, he recently got like, married. In his, in his was, 80s he came out, right? Yeah. Yeah, Did he well, really? We all knew. Of Everybody course. knew. I am finding so out for the first time. Gay. Yeah. <laughs> that, but, That's a great Jim Neighbors, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, he married... Golly! He, he, he married his long-term companion in Hawaii last year. Come yeah. On. So it started as an episode of, of the Andy Griffith Show. Named, mm-hmm. I think the episode was actually titled Gomer Pyle, where this this uh, uh, sexually ambiguous rube was going off to the army uh, pre-Vietnam, and, and they were sending him off, and it was yep. and like and that was like the, what the new show would be. Yeah, and he would it would let him uh, use his singing voice quite a lot. Everybody loved him, but it, I think it was one of those things of it was a very southern thing of oh we love you, and they love him partially for how fey he is. Yeah, but he cannot speak like he can't say. Oh, and I'm also gay. They're like, oh, we we all just want to be silent about it. We know you're gay, but let's if you say it, then we have to hate you. Yes, we can't acknowledge it. But and, as a kid, I liked it because he was like kind of like a Mister Rogers character. He was like yes. just friendly and heartwarming, and just wanted to spread kindness everywhere. Like the yeah. gay thing did not did not hit me until I was much older. Like, wait a minute, like Jim Neighbors, what? Yeah. And uh, his TV brother George Goober Lindsay. Oh right, he is. Uh, I read his biography because oh my god, because the news radio writers talk it up so much on the commentary they, <laughs> they did Goober have it. his own show they he no but he okay. kind of replaced when Gomer left Goober kind of took over and Goober was he wore the Jughead hat that's right yeah but his in his biography was so crazy about him like dealing with being a almost non-celebrity a non-famous person <laughs> in the world of Hollywood and the intro to the book is uh, written by a friend of his who was suffering from suicidal depression and wow. was right on the edge and then Goober took him back and, and and taught him that life was worth living again and that man's name was Ernest Borgnine. Wow. wow. That's Holy how the book geez. begins. Like it's it's pretty much out of print. I had to buy one on eBay. <laughs> I had to buy one on eBay ten years ago. I, I so. really hope all of you listening to this while playing Overwatch understood yes. any of those yeah. proper names. Please know that Shazam and, was one of Gomer Pyle's uh, catchphrases. Shazam we, we talk about the failed uh, Punky Brewster spinoff? No, oh. I didn't know about that. So the fir- end of the first season I wanna say when she's taken away from her father Punky Punky uh, from uh, the Punks Academy. Academy. Yes. From the guy having- from Place again. Uh, but she went to a um, like an orphanage, Fenster uh. Hall, and they meant to like make all the little kids there in their own spinoff. Uh. And, I thought it was about uh, like post Punky getting into the refrigerator, and then that yeah, you know, the afterlife. All, after all that. little creatures inside of the yes. fridge. Are Wait, I think that was Cherry that got into the fridge. I don't yeah. know anymore. It was Cherry. Uh, yeah, and was that wrong. was an episode that was written by a fan, and it's like you can tell. Like, who thinks about being stuck in a fridge besides some idiot kid in, like, the middle of nowhere? Were they that hard up for scripts? Like, let's just use this one. Exactly. It's Um, hard to make TV. Yeah. Yeah. But the only modern thing I can think of is when... uh, the Office. They tried to do a it's, spinoff for Dwight Schrute sort of in the, the Farm. Op- did they air that episode? It's they aired the episode. They okay. made it into an episode of the show. So, yeah, the, the Dwight Schrute pilot, which mm. people the, they yeah. decided they let's not do this. Yeah, uh, the, 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 the spinoff episode was supposed to be like they uh, they, they knew the Office breakfast. was coming to a yeah. close and and decided to like well we got to keep this going somehow. Let's yeah. give Dwight, Dwight his own spinoff. They made the pilot didn't work and they just turned it into it's the it's the opposite of the topic, but that's what makes it interesting because yeah. it doesn't happen. But very they often. invite like. Like, 
um, Jim and Pam, like, come do a bed and breakfast at our farm and meet all the wacky characters uh, at the farm. They're I lovable. I don't know. They the, have flaws. I don't know the um, the actual story behind this. But what I, what I remember, because I was watching all these shows at the mm-hmm. time, uh, Office, uh, was it season three, season four, Jim Halpert's at a different branch and meets yeah. Rashida Jones. And immediately they said, like, we're going to spin her off into her own, into show. Her own show. And that show became Parks and Recreation, where she played kind of the exact same person not with a completely history. different name. Oh, I'm so glad yeah. she's allowed to play an actual character now. Because like, who the <laughs> hell was Anne? Like, there was no yeah, defining her, qualities no. on Parks and Rec. She was just a friend. Yeah, and like... I, no, her, her, she's like... She doesn't make sense. The more you like that show, you don't understand why she's there. Yeah. But she's the only reason that show happened. She's yeah. like... For jokes to bounce off yes, of. She only exists for that Rashida reason. Rashida Jones is the only reason you have Parks and Rec. Yeah. yeah. The first season of that show, like... Not good, yeah. Because they were, it was too mean. It was she too. Is, she yeah. is the gym of Park and, Parks and Rec, where like Amy Poehler makes a joke, and then like Rashida Jones just like stares at the camera, like, "Can you believe this? Can <laughs> you believe my friends like this?" But I, the I, show didn't need people like that after a while. Yeah, I'm, like that's I'm why she yeah. left like the second to last season or something. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I have one fan theory before Here we go. go. Uh, I, I I honestly feel the season seven episode of The Simpsons, A Fish Called Selma, was ah. the testing grounds for a potential Troy McClure pilot. Ah. No, because The Simpsons are so not in that episode. I feel like they're like, can ah, this yeah. character work? Mm. Because. Uh, on the commentaries, Matt Groening is like, we wanted to do a Homer show. We wanted to do a Krusty show. And a recent commentary yeah. I listened to is like, they did, they want to do reality shows. So we're not doing the Homer show. But mm. they wanted to spin off these different ideas. But I feel like there could have been a Troy McClure show pre-murder, yeah. uh, of course. Yeah. He, I think also in that commentary they talk about well, how he he wanted to do a live-action film where he played that's right. Troy. Yeah. He could have done, done it. it. Oh, that would have been so fucking good. If he, Fuck you, Phil Hartman's that wife. That would be on Funny or Die every week. Yeah. Phil Hartman was still alive. Uh, God damn you. It, uh, Jesus Christ. And, and damn like, you, Bryn. What yeah. I, uh, and Andy Dick. I'm not sure. Why are you still <laughs> alive? I, I yeah. never know how much validity. Why did you invent cocaine? <laughs> I, I never know how much to, validity to give Simpsons rumors like that because like, I don't know what the difference yeah. is between two writers mentioning something in a room and something uh, actually being planned. I think the ho- young Homer was pitched to Fox. In, well, the, yeah. tw- the 22 short films about Springfield, they say on the commentary, ah. was an idea for a sh- a sim- another Simpsons show that was just short films about the characters in Springfield. That's a great experiment because it works. It's I, like, we don't need all I've the said, Simpsons at all times. It's one of those anecdotes I repeat constantly on the podcast. I was in Italy several years ago, and, I tur- and late at night, one channel is just for two hours, literally robot chicken style Simpsons gags. A mm-hmm. gag, a uh, static fuzz cut to another gag oh, wow. from like across every episode of the Simpsons and it's like I could watch this for years for four years <laughs> I could just sit here and watch this and the, it's lone, great. the lone gunman had another they had a backdoor pilot Did they? Well, well they had like a uh, I guess no, what, they front, took over they, an episode yeah, like but a they year also, before they had their own spin off and then they had like a front door like let's get you back into the series so we can kill you off yeah they <laughs> brought them back in the final well what was yeah. the final I mean season. they weren't introduced with the like with the intent that they were a backdoor pilot like they, they be, they were like season two, then like season eight. Well, I mean, they, they were like show. friends of the show's writers who were just uh-huh. cast for no, like yeah, they, like, they, yeah. But once they decided, hey, could these guys carry a whole episode? Nope. Like David Duchovny mm-hmm. is not in that one, and they yeah. sort of team up with Jillian with Scully, mm-hmm. and they just have their own adventure where 
One of them even falls in love, like the most normal uh, of them gets a love interest, though even then it's still like strange credulity. Like, <laughs> no attractive woman. This isn't your first episode of Laser Time. I usually do more research and gather a bunch of clips and shit. <laughs> but I have two H-bombs to drop on you, just reading over the TV tropes, poorly disguised pilot page. Uh, two H-bombs. Two mm-hmm. H-bombs. One, they say that Home Alone 4, mm-hmm. the only Home Alone I have not seen, uh, was intended as a pilot to a, sh- a show. Wow. Uh, with French Stewart. Please tell I me I think it is. that's three. Okay. Yeah. Like, he was like, too big for was, four. Yeah. But it, it fit, four failed miserably and didn't happen. And I forgot about this because I forget what podcast I was listening to with Jim Brewer. That it, like they, He seems like an odd friend for Dave Chappelle to have. Like They're both yeah. super buds. They came up together. They were signed together at the same time. Yeah. Wow. And that they both got a show deal uh, at the same... At like the, the Montreal Comedy Festival. <laughs> and they both appear on a Home Improvement episode. Whoa, yelling at Tim right. the Toolman Taylor, yeah. and then by the time the sitcom went to air, Jim Brewer was fired. <laughs> Jim Brewer was fired from the show that that was supposed to be a is spinoff this from. Buddies? It is buddies. Yeah. They so kept trying buddies. to make him work because uh, Jim Brewer was cast as Randall in the Clerks pilot for oh, ABC. I believe Jesus it was ABC. Did. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I've never seen it. Yeah. It's probably terrible. Hey, no, no, it's, on, it's finally they, on YouTube. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know what your problem is, Bob? You're not checking YouTube. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure it's there, but I don't want to see it. Goddamn no, second. But then again, they were. A, Jeff Anderson was on the outs with uh, Kevin Smith. At the yeah, time. but I don't think anyone would cast uh, Jeff Anderson or uh, Brian O'Halloran in no, a sitcom because no, they can't not. really act for more well. than two episodes. <laughs> They're yeah. not attractive and can't act. Did he come a what? <laughs> <laughs> at least. Yes. I've, never heard of, I've never heard a Dante impression before. <laughs> well, it's, that that's, was that's not, basically it. That was not Dante. That was his brother. Oh, right. Uh, Gil Hicks. Yeah, Gil uh, Hicks. Oh, uh, fuck Mallrats. I used to love it, but it's I'm, terrible. I'm very, in, I'm very informed on this universe. <laughs> well, did he come? I, I got it. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna perfect Some this. Shit you don't talk about in public. Look, I want to be the rich little of Brian O'Halloran and yeah. <laughs> Part, part of, part of this whole experiment in a that, row. <laughs> in a row. If you, that you go to lasertimepodcast.com and tell us what we missed. We do a show called Bonus Time where we generally bring up what uh-huh. happens there, which is brought to you by patreon.com slash lasertime, which is how you can pledge us a tiny bit of money so, to support us to give us get us not only an extra show, but uh, an entire season of Talking Simpsons, uh, weekly movie commentaries, wrestling, cartoon commentaries. Uh-huh. There's a ton of stuff there. We... I improvise a terrible thing to never be bored again but that's what it's that's what it's there for like uh you, I like, like full length videos like that, that you can too. watch and we'll just chime along with you uh it's it's really neat and it's it's all there for you for the low cost of five dollars but i think the the neat mm-hmm. thing about the laser time network mm-hmm. is that almost every show that has been that is like that's, launched since laser time has been a backdoor pilot that's how because we <laughs> brett and i have been talking about 30 2010 yeah. the show the, one of our most recent shows for several years yeah. oh man um and the format of that show, I just threw a little bit of that into the beginning of Talking Simpsons as a to test the waters yeah. to see if uh, people would like that. Uh, so I read off the news of the week of that airing of a Simpsons episode, which is all yeah. 30, 2010 is. If you listen to old Laser Times, you can hear the roots of Talking Simpsons as well. Like, let's just have a Simpsons podcast. Yeah. Why don't we do well, it? Well, what was it? Yeah. The 100th episode was just like, what's it, your it was favorite just Simpsons, called Simpsons reference? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's nice, like, things like Frankiac. Frankiac combined with Facebook yeah. leads me to, like, lets me know I'm not alone. Like, yeah. people do speak a language that is based on Simpsons. I was seeing so many just connected to Brexit. Like, yeah. every, yeah. so many memes were just about Brexit. Lots of great Photoshops. But, but that uh, is it for yeah. us people. Yeah, but like, there are, 
I mean, some of these are not, so you can't immediately get them on your uh, iTunes. But, yeah, there there are a, there's a Laser Time spinoff episode for, like, everything that's ever spin, spun off. Like, really? There there's a is, wrestling, there's a wrestling yeah. episode. Yeah. There was a comic book episode. Mm-hmm. Well, yep. like, Supergirl episode. Mm-hmm. And, like, a, like, oh, Lady Superhero variants. We talk I, about Lady Superheroes before. That's all anybody was talking about. And then about there's a <laughs> Super Nintendo music episode before VG yes. Empire launched and just, mm-hmm. like, everything. So this is the facts of life of the podcast world, in other words. Yeah, or really the Married with Children. Cannibalize the one thing people <laughs> like the most. I'd like it if this was the Married with Children. I prefer that, yeah, even I though it's not what I would want. But Bob, you should plug something, too. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun here today, and you can have a different kind of fun on Retronauts. Uh, you got to know me. You can listen to my other podcast. Uh, it's... A classic gaming podcast. All these guys have been on it. You can go to Retronauts.com or USGamer.net or go to Retronauts on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo and I write for USGamer.net and somethingawful.com. A genuinely funny person on Twitter. It's, Thank you. Uh, I forget. I had exactly what I wanted to say, <laughs> something you did this week on Twitter. Never I mind. make jokes at the cost of never being employed again, so yeah. you better appreciate them, people. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> it costs. It costs, guys. That, yeah. kind, of, that kind of truth. But you, <laughs> do it, you do it frequently enough, no employer is going to go through all that. No, no. I disguise my name enough. Too. <laughs> Uh, and hey, follow what me. What does disreputable on... bog man mean? It's a from it's a Ren and Snippy reference. It's, yeah, <laughs> uh, and you should uh, follow me on Twitter H E N E R E Y G, and uh, you'll see the things I'm up to as well. But you know, listen to Talking Simpsons. I, Bob and I are both regulars on that. Mm-hmm. Our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, we do a lot of cartoon commentaries. I feel like we got to do a spinoff. A backdoor spinoff we, episode of something at some we point. We did do mm-hmm. one, a comic book commentary of Harley Quinn's first appearance yes. uh, ever. And so that's there for $10 and up. You'll get access to that. And we to also them. did a commentary on John Cena's first appearance in the Flintstones. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's got to get his own cartoon. Which, which was uh, the Great Gazoo called him a dum-dum. He's no dum-dum. Dude, you saved Great Gazoo for the second movie. You crazy, Bob? You don't throw it all in don't, there. Don't spend that uh, nickel. <laughs> I, I, Bob, I swear to God, if we can ever get you really high and drunk, <laughs> the WWE Scooby Doo <laughs> and Hanna Bar- and, and, and uh, Flintstones movies are so outrageously watchable. I think I need two tabs of acid. They've for that. never <laughs> been, they've never been that well animated or well yeah. paced. Wow! First of all, and then it all regards WWE like it's this weird Betty property Rebel and not real people. Oh, yeah, Wilma appears in a bathing suit, yeah. and I, I almost got an erection. <laughs> but uh, check out LaserTimePodcast.com. You can, if you scroll back a little bit or go to our Facebook, um, you can find that Roger Rabbit article I was referencing earlier and probably talked too long about. But, but I do want to see the suggestions for backdoor piles we missed. Yeah, for real. Sure like, I know we missed a lot. Do it in the comments on this episode mm-hmm. on LaserTime. It's your time to shine, Top of the Heap fans. Exactly. <laughs> want to hear me burp the theme song? Sure do. And our fans can burp along with you. Join us, won't you?